Taylor Swift very famously switched from country to pop, and now she's doing this mixture of folk pop music. And in interviews about why she decided to make this switch, she said she just picked a lane that felt natural to her. And my friends, social media is changing. My views on social media is changing. And I feel like I'm having my Taylor Swift moment and that I'm going to go with what works for me and what feels good for me naturally. But that's not how it all started. Oh no, I went down the wrong path. And I want to share that in today's episode, one moment that I failed massively and four things that I'm experimenting right now with social media. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show that blends stories and strategies to help businesses create engaged and profitable online communities using the unique power of social media. And now your host, Andrea Jones. I want to start today's conversation with a little bit of an analogy, one that came to mind as I was like preparing for this podcast, because Social media right now feels very murky, feels like murky water. And it reminded me of the lotus flower. So for those of you who aren't familiar, the lotus flower is a type of beautiful flower, but it grows in muddy water. Like the water literally has to be murky, muddy, and it has to be still. It can't be like a moving river or anything like that. So murky, muddy, yes, but calm and still. And this is how I feel about social media right now. It feels unclear, uh, the path forward. It feels a little bit like I can't see the bottom of the pool, so to speak. But I'm feeling very calm and I'm feeling very still about it. And that's today. I'm going to tell you all, though, last month, I had a full on freak out moment. Social media is my job. It is my livelihood. I've been running this business for nine years. I have been using social media since 2004. Okay. Like I have been blogging and online since 2004. So most of my life has been online. And when I have moments like these of extreme unclarity, Y'all, my best toxic behaviors start bubbling up. I start to feel like an imposter. And so I do a bunch of things that do not work. I want to share them with you today because if you're feeling something similar, you may start taking similar actions. Okay. So the first thing I do is I buy a bunch of courses I don't need. Does anyone else do this? I get caught up in an Instagram ad or a Facebook ad or an email from a competitor. And I go, Oh, they must know something I don't. And so I go and I purchase the course. I start reviewing the material. And then I realize I know all of this. And in fact, I just, I know some stuff they're not even talking about. So I know what I'm talking about. Okay. And I think that that's where that imposter syndrome comes up. You start looking at competitors, comparing yourself, feeling like you're not enough when you absolutely are. And you feel like you're, you're starting to take actions that aren't aligned with how you want to show up in the world. 
Okay. So I bought all these courses. I started studying the competitors. And one thing I noticed is that they post a lot of content, like a lot of content, way more content than I currently post or than I ever have posted. And so I started building out a plan. I said, for the next 30 days, I'm going to post five times a day as I'm saying this. You hear the funny? I'm going to post five times a day. And I started outlining what those posts were going to be out. I was going to make it a whole campaign. It was going to be like a behind the scenes moment. And even just outlining it, I felt exhausted. Okay. I started to explain it to my team and I could feel the doubt in my voice as I was explaining it. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. This is probably actually going to make all my content be way less seen. I'm just going to be throwing out even worse content. <laughs> like if I don't know what's working, how is posting five times a day of the same stuff that's not working going to make any difference? Right. Also posting that much is completely unaligned with me and my lifestyle. Um, if you're new to this podcast, I had a baby 10 months ago. I work about 20, 25 hours a week and I'm happy with that setup. And I have a team. We have uh, 14 people on our team. And so they help me with the day to day stuff with client work and in the savvy social school and with this podcast. And so to carve out time to post five times a day would mean something else is not happening because my days are very scheduled. I know I only work 20, 25 hours a week, but I feel like I get the work done of three people in that time. I'm not saying that to brag. It's just that I... Maybe I am bragging. You know what? Maybe I should just take my crown. Okay. And I get a lot of work done. So for me to then add on top four additional posts, I'm posting about once a day, four additional posts felt wild to me. Okay. So after having some moments to myself, I talked with my business besties about this. I talked with my husband about this. I talked with my team about this. I'm a very external processor. So talking really helps me understand where I'm at. I recognized that what I was doing was taking action from a panicked perspective. And panic is not strategic. Panic is a human emotion and it's just an emotion and it's fine. It's a great emotion, but it's not strategic. Okay. I even bought all this camera equipment for my office thinking my office isn't fancy enough. We need to make it more fancy. And I'm like, fancy camera equipment and crappy content still does not a social media strategy make. Okay. It has to, has to, has to start with the strategy. Okay, so in today's podcast, I'm going deep into what we're doing now, what's working. And this is like watching the sausage being made. Like, I don't have the results of this test just yet. I'm taking my years of experience in this space. I'm testing live in real time and I'm inviting you to come with me. And I will definitely do a follow-up podcast or podcasts. You'll definitely hear more on this show about the results that are happening in real time. Actually, um, as I'm recording this, one of my clients is having her mini viral moment based on the strategies I'm going to talk about today. So I'll put a link to her to Instagram reel that did really well. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. 
Okay. So the first thing I did was started with my core values in my brand. So when I was taking unaligned action, I was moving from a place of panic. And that place of panic was completely not aligned with how I view and value social media. Social media marketing is a tool. That's it. It's one marketing tool in my marketing toolbox. And if it's not hitting like it used to, if it's not resonating, I need to take a step back and look at my branding. So if you are like me and you're struggling with perspective and positioning, oftentimes that's what resonates with your audience. Think about the last post you've seen that has gone viral. Think about the last piece of content that you personally shared. Why did you share it? It's not because that person gave you a quick tip that you could have Googled. Okay. It's probably because you felt it in here. So I needed to make sure my brand was being felt in the heart. So what I did, because I cannot see the ingredients from inside the bottle. Okay. So what I did was I hired the amazingly talented Hillary Weiss, who is a positioning and branding expert. And I had her look at my brand from the outside in. And in the intake process, I told her things like I was feeling a little samey, samey. Like I used to say all the time, social media is simple and easy and fun. And it's not simple. It's not easy anymore, for sure. And a lot of y'all aren't having fun. So we're scrapping that. Um, I was also telling her I felt a little bit bland. My personality has evolved over the years. I am in my 30s now. I have less Fs to give. And I'm just enjoying my own self. I'm like the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I feel like my social media is still a little too like buttoned up and bland. And it's not quite my vibe. Like when you work with me, I'm definitely a little more casual than that. Um, and to be honest, I felt like I was presenting on social media. And even in this podcast, sometimes I feel like I'm like presenter Andrea, like class, pay attention to me. And that's not really how people want to learn. You know, like we like analogies, we like stories, we like to hear the details, the nitty gritty. We don't want the grand sweeping, you know, this is what you should be doing right now. Eat your vegetables, you know, and I felt like the eat your vegetables person. So I hired Hillary Weiss and she found an amazingly delicious angle for my brand that feels really good and true to how we serve our clients and what we teach our students in the Savvy Social School. And it feels really easy for me to deliver. Okay. So if you want to peek at that new branding, head on over to Savvy Social School on Instagram. You'll see the bio. Okay. I'm teasing y'all. You'll see it there. We're doing some, some testing on that account too. So head over there, check it out. Um, this positioning and branding clarity also really came to light for me when I went to a recent event called the We Rise Experience that was held in Toronto. And Ronnie Brown, who is a branding powerhouse, said this at the event. People don't see your value because they think what you do is easy. We make the mistake of making everything look so easy. Okay. That was from Ronnie Brown. And that really resonated with me because of that simple, easy and fun little catchphrase I used to say all the time. And I think that phrase was accurate, you know, three, four years ago. But in the past really year, things have shifted quite 
quite a bit. I would say even in the past two years since the evolution of TikTok and now we have Instagram reels and micro video and, you know, easy isn't it anymore. It's actually not easy. And you may be feeling that. And that's mostly probably because you're trying to do the work of an entire social media department. It literally takes a department now to run social media for a lot of your favorite brands. And if you're trying to compete with the top person in your industry, I promise you they have a copywriter, graphic designer, video editor, and strategist on their team. And you're trying to be all of those. So if you're trying to be all of those, let's take a step back. And, you know, I want to talk through how I'm working through this as well and be an example of what's possible. But we also teach that in the savvy social school. Okay. The second thing that I did. So after hiring Hillary, who's amazing, by the way, if you need positioning expertise, her process was just, I felt so supported. Um, I felt like I got tons of copy that I literally can just take and put on a website. So we're revamping our website copy right now. I'm going to revamp some things here with the podcast. She affirmed some of the things that I was thinking and also helped me just kind of discover my own lane a little bit because a lot of people talk about social media, but I really talk about social media for personality brands. And, um, I, I do teach social media, but it's more, um, I give you the frameworks and teach you how to play in that sandbox, right? So I'm not going to say step one, step two, step three. Like if you're looking for step by step, we have it, but like you have to be willing to get your elbows in the, in the sand, right? And, and so I want to attract those people who are ready to play. And that's what Hillary's process did for me was helping me understand some of the people I'm attracting. They're, they want to learn, but they don't want to play. And I need people in here with me playing, testing, doing the thing. Okay. All right. So that was Hillary. I hired her. First step. Amazing. Second step is looking at my data, looking at what's actually working. This is where that panic feeling comes up because we feel like that's quotes for those of you listening. I don't know why I made that noise. We feel like things aren't working. And sometimes that gut feeling is true, but you want to check it with the data. And one of my favorite favorite, favorite, favorite things to do, um, like programs for this or resources is Lainey Lamar's Let's Get Data Driven. Lainey was on the podcast last month and talked a lot about data. And I know that data isn't like smexy, but honestly, when you look at even just take, take a step back, look at what posts performed the best in the past three to six months, you will start to see some trends. Look at what, you know, deeper into your business, which lead magnets work the best, which pages convert the highest, which customers convert, which customers have higher retention rates, right? So get friendly, comfy with your data. I look at mine once a month and I take a view at posts that are working. Here are the top emails that are working. Here are the top blog posts that are working. Here are the top YouTube videos, podcast episodes. Here are, you know, the conversion points. Where are people coming into my funnel? What are they converting at? All of these metrics are helpful information when you're thinking about your social media content. So I'll give an example of this with my own business. I have a free guide called the Instagram Mindset Guide. It is my probably one of my highest downloaded PDF. So not the course. Our free course is our most active freebie. Um, that's the one where most people come in through. 
we like we have a bunch of free stuff guides out there, but the Instagram mindset guide, people really like it. They download it. I think in the past three years, one person has converted from that funnel. And that was last month because <laughs> we keep rewriting the funnel, trying to figure out why people aren't converting. And y'all, the data is just speaking for itself. Ultimately, when people are struggling with Instagram mindset, they're not ready to get in the sandbox and play with us. So for them, signing up for a membership that will help guide them and give them feedback and the tools and resources they need, that's a big ask. So that came from looking at the data. Now, on a social media level, you can look at your data the same way. Um, in platforms like Instagram, there are hidden metrics. Hidden metrics are those ones that aren't readily visible when you're looking at a post. So let's say you scroll to my Instagram page, you look at my last Instagram reel and you see the views, you can see the comments, likes, that's it. You don't see how many times it was shared. You don't see how many times it was saved. And those are heavy hitting metrics that Instagram loves. When they see a save or a share, they go, Ooh, people are loving this. Let's, let's, you know, send it out to more people in their feeds. Okay. So looking at shares and saves will also help you determine the content that's resonating with your audience. Now, metrics like these are things that I actually do a monthly metrics report of my own business inside of the Savvy Social School. So if you want to get a sneak peek scoop on like what exactly we're doing and ask questions, like someone just asked a question about a funnel that we just ran and I broke down the numbers for them. So if you want that, it's in the school. If you're ready to play in the sandbox with us. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I'm gonna share the four experiments we're doing that came from this positioning exercise and this deep dive into the metrics. That and more when we come back. Interrupting cow, moo! I'm interrupting this podcast episode because I know you're here hanging out with me and you're interested in taking the next step in your social media strategy. Maybe your social media has gotten a little stale. Maybe you're looking to revive it. Maybe you just want to tie all of those pieces together. Well, I've got a super sweet gift for you. It is a free course that's going to walk you through step-by-step -step how to build a social media strategy that you'll actually stick with. One that works for you and your business. One that won't make you feel like you're on this content creation hamster wheel. And it'll help you leap and jump into a social media strategy that is sustainable. So check it out. It's at onlinedrea.com slash free. And when you sign up, you'll get a super sweet bonus of uh, done for you captions, graphics, and more. Again, that's onlinedrea.com slash F-R-E-E. All right, back to the episode. And we're back. So these four experiments that I'm about to share are actually inspired by Jay Klaus. I just joined the Creator Lab last year, and it is a resource for creators who want to experiment. You know, we work together, we share what we're experimenting, we share the results, and then we improve. And the focus of the lab is not the finish line. Right. It's not, I want to get a hundred thousand followers. It's, ooh, I want to try this because this is part of the journey. And to be honest with you, I've been mostly observing in the community, not really participating in what everyone is experimenting with, but you better believe I'm going to share these experiments that I'm sharing with you today. 
Okay, so experiment number one is to have fun. Have fun. I have this, like, I told you this presenter voice that sometimes just like turns on. Do y'all have this? It's like sometimes called the customer service voice. It clicks on for me when I think about when I worked at Chick-fil-A. Hi, welcome to Chick-fil-A. How can I help you? It's my pleasure to serve you. Anyone knows you work at Chick-fil-A? It's my pleasure. (laughs) If you worked at Chick-fil-A, let me know. I worked there when I was 14 years old as my first real job outside of like babysitting and tutoring. Um, but that, hi, welcome to Chick-fil-A. How can I help you? Like that customer service voice clicks on sometimes. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing in all elements, but for social media, I want it to be more fun, especially for the online Drea side of the business, which is more of a personal brand. So I love my little talking head videos. I'll still keep those, but I'm going to have more fun. I'm going to find ways to spice it up. Uh, I'm going to try more sounds, especially lip syncing. I struggle with lip syncing because <laughs> I'm not the type of person who, you know, hears something in a movie and like remembers the line. I can't remember the lines. I don't remember even the actor, actress's names most of the time. I'm the person who's like, what's that one guy from the one thing? Like, that's me. So when it comes to lip syncing, the reason I don't do them is because I can't remember what I'm supposed to be saying. Um, so I'm going to try it out. I I record in batches, so you'll see them kind of coming out. Just have a little bit more fun. I'm also trying characters, but like in my own way. So I am not a fan of changing outfits. I told y'all I, you know, I have 20, 25 hours a week. I don't want to think about multiple outfits. I'm already like a little bit of a cartoon character in that I have maybe like five to eight outfits that I wear every day, unless I'm going somewhere different. Like if I'm working and then I have to like, you know, take care of my kid after work, I'm not getting dressed up. It's yoga pants and a t-shirt or a hoodie. Like that's just what it is. And so I'm not changing out a different shirt. So, but I wanted to try characters. So I've, I've been doing filters in TikTok and I actually am going to release a new section to the TikTok course on how I'm doing this because I don't have time to change outfits. So I'm creating characters, but use filters in TikTok, which is fun. And listen, I know this is my first experiment, but I'm not here just to have fun. I think fun comes first because if you're enjoying yourself, it it shows like in your marketing, it shows when you're having a good time. So I definitely want to lead with fun, but hmm. I also experiment number two, make more offers, (laughs) make more offers. Uh, People are always surprised when I talk about everything that's in the Savvy Social School. They're like, you know, uh, oh, uh, did you know that this other competitor has a hashtag bank that you could just download? I'm like, hello, we have that too. (laughs) We've been done have that for like four years now. So um, I want to, you know, just sell more things that are in the school. And honestly, the school's a lot. Like It's definitely for those people who are ready to play in the sandbox, but we have so much in there. I'm going to give you all little samples like, hey, if you don't need the full-size product, take the sample size for the sample size price. So we're going to be testing out some of those. Um, I have some ready to go. I'll link to them in the show notes if you're interested. But um, we have our trend savvy resource where every Friday we post the top trends on social media as they relate to personality brands. I know a lot of people do trends for, you know, shop, 
store trends for influencers and is like, no, we do trends for businesses like experts, teachers, coaches, you know, professionals who also want to leverage a trend. And we tell you how to use it too. So that's called Trend Savvy. The second one's called The Feed Podcast, which is our private podcast. It is quick, less than three-minute social media updates. Again, as they relate to businesses and brands. We're not talking about, you know, for influencers, and we're not talking about the ones that are hypotheticals. Like actual updates, here's the update, here's what you do. And then the last one... It's super fun, especially for those of you who uh, are tired of Instagram. And I actually may change my Instagram mindset guide funnel to lead to this, which is the Instagram nine grid strategy. I got this strategy from Jordan Gill. She's the first person I heard talk about it and use it. And I don't quite recommend the way that she does it. I'll link to a podcast episode. She was just on Meg Case Bolt's Social Slowdown podcast. And she talks through the process. And I go, I see why this would work for you, but I don't think it would work for most people. So I created a strategy, put together some grids for you. So if you want to like take an Instagram break, if you want to use Instagram as a landing page, like, hey, I just want to save this handle, but I'm not using it. This is for you. It's $9. You can grab... We have four or five different templates in there. Grab it, edit it in Canva and go. Okay. So... Because of all of this effort that we're doing, we're also relaunching the Savvy Social School account. So go to at Savvy Social School on Instagram and TikTok, Facebook and LinkedIn. That's where we hang out. And you'll see some content start coming out there this week. All right. Experiment number one was having fun. Number two was making more offers. Number three is proving my chops. Proving my chops. So I have this habit of just saying, oh, we use a time-based approach to creating social media content and here's how you can do it. And while that's great, some people are like, that's nice. What does it get me? You know? And I need to talk more, brag more basically about the amazing results that we get for our clients. Like our clients who literally show up one to two hours a week and that's it. And then we take care of everything. They're posting consistently every day, multiple platforms, like getting, you know, videos, 10, 20, 30, a million views. Um, those were thousands, by the way, 10,000, 20,000, 30. Like we get our clients results and the kind of results that are business driving. Like one of our clients just signed a book deal with a major publisher. Um, one of our clients just had a post that was saved 8,000 times. Like, I need to talk more about that. So I am committing in this third experiment, instead of giving just a tip like, hey, here's how you could do this. And I do want to, I do want to do that a little bit and probably more like mindset work, but mostly talking about the results. Like, okay, I know it's nice to say, you know, I only post three to four times a week, but what does that get me? Right. And I want to be really careful about talking about practical results and not outlier results. I do think sometimes in marketing, it's so easy for us to go straight to the outlier. So. The first time my client, one of my clients went viral with over a million views on TikTok. Um, to me, that's an outlier. The second time, the third time, then I go, okay, I'm starting to see a pattern that I can then speak to. 
right? So I don't want to, I want to be very careful that I speak to the results, but results that are um, measurable and repeatable and not those outlier like once in a lifetime results, which y'all as a marketer, it's like low hanging fruit. If I say, Oh, you know, get a million views using this strategy, even though like one person did it and got a million views, you're going to buy the thing because you want a million views too. Right. So I could use that and I'm not. Okay. The last experiment here. I'm calling it temporarily elegant reposting. So the elegant reposting is a revival of my content remixing strategy, which we use for all of our clients. And over the years, we've really fine-tuned it. So, you know, four years ago, I don't know if y'all remember this, but we could take that same square post, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's all we had back then, really. Unless you were on Pinterest too. You could even like put the square on Pinterest. It wasn't that bad. Um, that strategy, it don't work no more. <laughs> I mean, it can work in some instances, but repurposing needs to be a little bit more elegant. The old way is out. And y'all, I have so much content that needs to be repurposed. 245 episodes of the podcast, a hundred YouTube videos, thousands, hundreds of thousands of social media posts. And so we're taking a more refined and elegant approach to content repurposing. And it is so delicious. I think we're going to be able to sell that as a service by itself. Because if you're like me and you produce a ton of content, there are things you say sometimes where you're like, Oh, I said that. That's good. I want to use that again. Right. Uh, but you need to see it like collected somewhere. So we are doing this. I will do an entire podcast episode on how we're doing this. Um, and I will probably turn it into a workshop in the Savvy Social School as well for my sandbox play friends. Uh, but we use uh, two processes for this. The first one's called copy stocking. Um, so this is something that we do for all of our done for you, you know, white glove service clients where we will study them, listen to their podcasts. Anything that they've written, like their books, their blogs, their emails, we'll listen to podcasts they've guested on, their TED Talks. Um, we will study them. And then we will pull out those little amazing things that they say and collect them and use those in their posts. So we really want their posts to sound exactly like them. Our best clients usually have a very consistent um, content creation source. So like a podcast or a YouTube live show, you know, something where it's like they're talking a lot about what they do and they just don't have time for social media part. That's me. So when I say my team does 95% of my social, what I mean is they're copy stocking me. They're going into my copy and they're pulling out the things that I say and writing the post so that it sounds in the cadence that I would say it. My emails go the same way. Then we're collecting our copy stocking efforts into a digital brain. Now I've mentioned the digital brain here on the podcast before. It is in our social media rockstar framework course. There's that, there's that presenter voice. I heard it. She coming out, man. Okay. Um, the, but the digital brain kind of, 2.0. Oh, I like that. I should write that down. Digital brain 2.0. Hold on. 2.0. <laughs> um, see, we're working in real time, y'all. The digital brain 2.0 is going to live in an Airtable base and it is beautiful. 
I am so excited to put the finishing touches on this and share it with you, but it's basically a collection of all those copy stocking tidbits that you can use in social media posts, on your sales pages, your landing pages, your emails, and you can use them again and again. So for example, a common analogy that I use is social media is a lot like dating, uh, where, you know, you love it one minute, the next minute you're like, why isn't he texting me back? You know, social media is like, ooh, here's a notification. Then you log in and you're like, what notification? I feel tricked, bamboozled. Or um, you post something and you're like super excited about it. And then other people aren't excited about it. So it kind of feels like a mismatched date, maybe. Anyways, that's an analogy that I use a lot that can then be woven into many, many different things. And having it collected in this way helps me see that it's an analogy I use a lot and the ways that I can kind of weave it in, right? All right, so those are the four experiments. Have fun, make more offers, prove my chops, and elegant repurposing strategies. So if you want to see me play in real time, come on over. I'm at Online Drea everywhere, but I'm mostly focusing on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, those are my three. I am doing some stuff on my personal Facebook page as well, but that's only for friends. And um, I will be repurposing to places like YouTube Shorts, Pinterest, uh, Twitter. So you can follow me anywhere that you hang out to come study and play with me in real time. And I will be back at you soon with another podcast episode where we talk more about these concepts. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'll see you soon. Bye for now.